0: Let's just uh, pray. Lord, we thank you again for your word. And as we come again to it, we pray that we wouldn't hear uh, my voice speaking again. We want to hear your voice. Please, um, may we all forget the channel only seeing the Lord Jesus. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Well, this morning uh, we looked at this lovely passage together in uh, Matthews chapters 9 and 10. And uh, we saw Jesus uh, walking the streets of Jerusalem. And as he walked those streets, we saw a man moved with compassion. And the whole of his innermost being was moved with compassion as he sees sheep without a shepherd. Such was his love for lost people. And throughout the whole life and ministry of Jesus, we find such love. And uh, we said uh, that uh, Jesus was coming to the end of his ministry on earth. In a year, his work on earth would be finished. He would die and ascend. And he's asking these questions. He's asking, how are people to come to know about this wonderful gift? Who's going to introduce lost people to Jesus, the Good Shepherd and in chapter 9, that we, uh, we, 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 looked, we looked at this morning, we saw him uh, talking about a harvest field full of people waiting to hear the good news. And then we find him asking that uh, we would pray that God would raise up laborers for this harvest field. And then we saw him sending out people into this harvest field. And so we discover that his plan To reach the world with the good news is to call men and women, boys and girls, those who who already know and love the Saviour, who have tasted the wonder of knowing him, to go out and to share this blessing of Jesus around them. And we ask three questions. We ask, will you see the need? People on their way to a lost eternity needing to be reached, do we see the need? We ask, will you pray? We pray passionately that God would raise labourers up for this harvest field? And uh, we said, will you go um, here in Lincoln, uh, but also in other parts of the world? Maybe not with your two feet, but certainly in prayer. And uh, the Great Commission, uh, Jesus gives us these words. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And we said that this uh, command was not just for the disciples of the biblical era. um, But this command is not just for pastors or Sunday school teachers. But this command to make disciples is a command to every believer who loves the Lord Jesus. You know, we all need to be part of this, whether it be here in this church, in this local area or... Or in Senegal. And uh, just like it was a task of the disciples to go out and reach the world, so it is our task. So Jesus sends out his uh, uh, disciples in chapter 10, but we find that he doesn't just send them out with no information, but we find that as he sends them out, he prepares them and gives them instructions, he gives them warning, he gives them advice. And he gives them information about the task that is ahead of them. And we find such a statement in verse 16 where he says, uh, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents. And harmless as doves. And I want to do a little study on this uh, statement this evening, and uh, hopefully, this will help us with this task of sharing uh, the good news amongst those around us. Well, I want to uh, first of all look at this statement under um, a heading entitled A Dangerous Territory. So, number one, first heading A Dangerous Territory. A dangerous territory. Have you ever tried to walk across a field with a bull in it? I remember, ha- I remember having this experience when I was on holiday with my parents. I was just a little child like Johanna and Micah and we were on holiday going for a walk and uh, we came across a field. And the only way of carrying on the walk was to walk across a path in the middle of that field and right in the middle of the path was a bull. And I remember as a small child, I was absolutely terrified. And that memory has been engraved on my memory ever since. And or, or more recently, uh, um, I was sitting in somebody's house and, and there was a noise in the roof. And I asked the family, uh, what's that noise above our heads? And they told me that it was snakes in the roof. And I remember being terrified. But here is Jesus and he's describing a dangerous environment an environment in which a christian is sent out in order to reach men and women for the gospel and he describes us like sheep in the middle of a pack of wolves now a wolf is a ferocious brutal animal and a wolf mercilessly chases a sheep having caught the sheep it sinks its teeth into the sheep and seeks to tear to maim and to spill bread, but blood. A wolf is a vicious predator of a defenceless sheep. What a picture that Jesus uses to describe the situation in which we operate. Don't be naive to the fact that whether you're doing God's work here in Billinghay or um, work in Senegal, you're going to come up across some vicious enemies don't be naive that when you're sending out a missionary onto the mission field uh, you're sending them out into wolf territory. And here is my family working in Senegal. A family sheep, as sheep sent out in the middle of a pack of wolves. Now we have a glorious God job don't we? We have a wonderful job We have a message that can save a soul from a lost eternity in hell. We have a Jesus that is so precious and wonderful and worth having. But the problem is, is that our message is not always pleasant to the listener. And I don't know, you're out in Lincoln, you're out in your garden, and maybe you have an opportunity to speak to somebody about the Lord Jesus over the fence. And how often do you hear a response that says, oh, thank you for caring for my soul. I'm so glad you said those words. You know, often people show no appreciation, Um no appreciation that we're trying to help them. You know, sometimes they can be so heartless in the way they respond to us. And sometimes they can be so dismissive and uninterested. We're operating in a hostile world where people hate the very things that the Christian loves. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, we read these words. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And we read, don't we, of Christians losing their jobs because they want to do what Jesus commands them. Or their life is made difficult at work because um, they want to live out their life for Jesus in the workplace. And there are people, perhaps uh, in your neighbourhood, in your workplace, on TV, perhaps even in this church at Billinghay. And at first sight, they look very nice people. And their words are very pleasing to our ears. And we love listening to them, but little do we know that they are out to destroy um, our faith in Jesus. Ephesians 6 tells us that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're wrestling against demonic powers. And so Jesus warns us that though we have a glorious message, we are in dangerous territory. There are people who are not going to like us. People who are, who are opposed to godly living. People who are opposed to everything that we love and appreciate in the Lord Jesus. And behind all of this is demonic powers. Demons with authority and power who want to use people as tools to destroy the, our love for the Lord and all that is precious to us in Christ. So don't be naive to that fact. Um, whether here in Lincoln or whether in Senegal, we're operating in dangerous territory. So that's the, the first point I want to put to you a dangerous territory. Well, number two, let's, let's look at something else. Let's look at a key instruction. Number two, a key instruction. A key instruction. We're in dangerous territory. We're, we're, we're sheep in the middle of vicious wolves. What are we to do about this? Well, Jesus tells us, and he says, "Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves." Well let's just take the first section of that instruction, that, that bit that says, "Wise as serpents, be wise as serpents." What, what does that mean? Well, the word wise speaks of being astute, using our judgment, being prudent, with God's help, using our God given intelligence. The same word is used to describe the wise man who built his house upon the rock. The same word is also used um, in the parable of the ten virgins to describe the five virgins who remembered to bring um, extra oil. And so Jesus says to be wise. And he doesn't just say be wise, but he tells us that we're to be as wise as a serpent. Now, I read recently that a serpent has flourished and multiplied more than any other animal on the planet. And that's hard to believe uh, living in England because we don't see them very often. But I can tell you that certainly in Africa, um, you'll find plenty of serpents there. And they are certainly multiplying. And maybe that's to do with its cunningness. It's amazing how a serpent uses its senses. He's constantly trying to figure out what's going on around him. He uses his tongue to detect heat. Um, it's constantly bobbing that tongue in and out of its mouth, trying to figure out what's going on around him. It's using its eyes. His eyes are positioned in its, in its side of its head, so it can look forward and backward without having to turn um, its head. And then based on what he senses is going on around him, the serpent uses his intelligence to act. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the serpent is described as the most cunning wild animal that God had made. The most cunning animal, wild animal, that God um, has made. And one of the interesting things about that word cunning, if you look in the uh, New Testament translation into Greek of that word, it's the same word that's been used um, in the passage, um, being wise as serpents. And so you could... Replace that word with cunning, be cunning as a serpent um, in, our, in our translation. In fact, some versions use the word shrewd, be shrewd as a serpent. But this word, again, speaks of um, cunningness, being shrewd, being astute. And these are the qualities that we need as we live out um, our lives. Now, we're working for the Lord in dangerous territory. We've got some uh, vicious enemies And so we've got to be wise. We've got to be cunning. We've got to be astute, um, shrewd like a serpent. We've got to use our intelligence. Um, We mustn't be naive. We mustn't be complacent. Um, We mustn't live our Christian-like lives, like we're sleepwalking, having our eyes closed, uh, living a life of complacency. But we have to be alert and putting our intelligence into the service of God. I love the way that William Hendrickson puts it. He says, having wisdom to do the right thing at the right time and place and in the right manner. Um, And we have to think about carefully how we speak to people, don't we? The devil is uh, described as a deceiver. Um, In the scriptures, uh, Jesus uh, described him as the father of lives. And the devil has had a lot of success In deceiving people around us, you just look look around at the people around you, and uh, and they are so deceived uh, by the devil, and so we need to think very carefully about how we speak to them, and uh, what words uh, to use, Um, and we have to think about when it's wise to speak, and when it's wise to be quiet, and we think need to think about where where to speak. Now, some of us are very are slow thinkers. I'm an example of a slow thinker. Someone asked me a question and I just can't think of an answer straight away. Um, but, you know, we, we can uh, plan in advance, can't we? You know, when we get asked a question that we've not come across before, um, we can go away and we can look into the question and look at how uh, we can answer it uh, in, in, a, in a good way. Um, we can be reading. You know, the same questions come up again and again and again. Like, uh, how can God uh, how can there be a God there's so much suffering? The same questions again and again. And so we can prepare some good answers to these golden chestnuts that keep coming up again and again. Um, we can also uh, you know, plan to share uh, with people about our Saviour and about how he's working in our lives. Um, you know, I, I, I was recently sharing with one of my neighbours about how the Lord provided the house for us to live in. Uh, it's amazing uh, set of miracles that came into place, and uh, after telling her she 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 she's an unbeliever, but she acknowledged to me, well, that could not have happened by chance, and so we can we can we can show people that our, our faith is not just religion; it's it's a relationship with the Lord, um, and uh, think about what we say to people and plan what to say to people. Well, Jesus uh, say something else in his street instruction. He doesn't just say he did not just say be be as wise as a serpent. And leave it there. but he says that we are also to be as harmless as a dove, as harmless as a dove. Now, a dove is a harmless animal. You know a dove doesn't have talons uh, to hurt others and to hunt. A dove's not like a vulture that sweeps down and eats dead animals. It's not like a buzzard who eats other animals and birds. But a dove is a bird that is harmless and is feeds on seed. It's a bird that is very symbolic of purity, innocence, cleanliness and integrity. It's interesting that at the baptism of Jesus, the Holy Spirit descends um, on Jesus in the form of a dove. You know, a bird unsoiled, not dirty, a bird that's pure and clean and harmless. And so whilst we are, we are to have the craftiness and the shrewdness of a serpent, that characteristic has to be consistent With integrity, purity and holiness. Now Jacob in the Bible is an example of somebody who was very shrewd and very clever. You know, Jacob was very successful in stealing his brother's blessing. Um, He was a very good example of being as shrewd as a serpent. But he's a bad example of being harmless as a dove. You know, he wasn't pure, he wasn't innocent, was he? In the way that he stole that blessing. Um, He lied to his father The devil is another example of someone who is shrewd and clever in the way that he tempted Adam and Eve in the garden of Gethsemane. He was certainly cunning as a serpent. But that cunning and cleverness was mixed with wickedness and sinfulness and filth. Well, we need a shrewdness, intelligence that is pure and void of evil. It was God who made the serpent the most cunning animal. Um, And we need both that cunningness and mixed together with purity and void of evil. Now, it's interesting, when when the Bible talks about uh, living sinless lives, it doesn't just talk about uh, living uh, without sin. It talks about us living uh, blamelessly, living a life that is blameless. And the word blameless is more than just about not sinning. Uh, blameless is is acting in such a way that it's impossible for anyone to pin an offence and accuse us of wrongdoing. And having a character and an an integrity that cannot be brought into question. um, Such that people have the attitude that there's no point in in, in laying an accusation against you. Because that would be pointless. You just act in such a clean and pure way. Because you're so, and, and I see you as just being so not guilty... Um, to give you an example, um, a friend of mine uh, works in an office and he was telling me that uh, whenever he has a meeting with a female colleague, he will always leave the door open. Now, it wouldn't be a sin for him to close a door, but uh, he leaves the door open so that um, no one can accuse him of doing something uh, wrong. Um, and so that is an example of not just sinning, but also being blameless. So this is what we're talking about when we, when Jesus talks about being innocent, like a dove. Uh, Philippians two, uh, verse fifteen, uh, talks about being blameless, without fault, in the midst of a crooked, and perverse generation, among whom we shine as lights. Ephesians one, verse four, talks about us being chosen before the foundation of the world. To do what? To be what? To be averagely good? No. We're chosen to be holy and blameless in his sight. Paul, writing to Timothy in 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 13, uh, writes, May the Lord make your hearts blameless. And uh, blameless is a criteria that we have to consider when it comes to appointing deacons and elders in our church. And you know, as we go out to preach the gospel, who are we representing? Who are we an ambassador for, for? Well, it's no other than the Lord of Lords the King of Kings. Um, now it would be one thing, wouldn't it, to be an ambassador of the United Kingdom. Imagine going out and speaking on behalf of the UK. But think about also you know, what a responsibility it is to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, to speak on behalf of Christ. And everything we say has got to represent what Christ stands for. Everything we do has to be consistent with Christ-likeness. And verse 35 further down in this chapter it talks about how a servant should be like his master. You know, no one's going to listen to our testimony if our life isn't consistent with what we are saying. So Jesus tells us that though that we're, we're on dangerous territory, we've got to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? You wouldn't natu- naturally put the characteristic of a serpent and a dove together, would you? But that is exactly what we've got to do as Christians, both together. The study the life of Jesus. What an amazing example of somebody who was wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. Sometimes Jesus chooses to stand and to speak, other times he chooses to slip away from persecution. Matthew 22, where uh, we have some religious leaders and they're bringing questions to Jesus, not because they are genuinely interested in a response, but because they want to trick and trap Jesus um, in his words and how wise he is in the way that he answers their questions. And the same thing goes in England, doesn't it? You know, there are, there are people who ask the question, what do you think of gay marriage? And perhaps some people ask that question out of their genuineness to understand and to listen. But there are others who ask that question in order to trap us and to destroy us and how wise we need to be as we respond to such questions. Like Jesus, who answers wisely and prudently the religious leaders of his day. Jesus also was a man who ministered in such a way that sinners and tax collectors were attracted to him. So also do we, winsome and wise. Apostle Paul also is another example of somebody who was wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. You know, Apostle Paul, he would study the beliefs of the people around him in order to uh, preach uh, to them and to start where they are at. In Acts chapter 17, he's studying the religion of the Ephesians and he discovers an altar that's addressed to the unknown God, and so he takes the altar. And he uses it as a platform to launch off um, and speak to them about the God who made the heavens and the earth. And we can do the same, can't we? We can study the beliefs of those around us. Um, Paul was also a man who was innocent and pure and harmless as a dove. Acts 24 verse 16, he write, he, he, we read these words. He says, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offence Towards God and men, you know, Paul didn't want to just live a life that was clean with respect to God and His law, but he wanted to live a life uh, that could not create, would not create an offense before man. And we see him talking about not eating unclean meat like pork uh, in front of Jews who believe it's wrong, not because it's wrong for him to, it would have been wrong for him to eat pork, but he does it in order not to cause an unnecessary offence before man. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We're ministering in dangerous territory. Don't be naive to the fact that we have some vicious enemies. Opposed to everything that we love in Christ. He want to destroy us like a wolf seeks to destroy and devour a sheep. What can we do to be more wise and more pure? harmless in the mission field that god has placed us in well please don't just go away this evening and do nothing examine yourself have a think talk to other people here you know god has made us a body hasn't he and so we can bounce ideas off each other and help each other in this task christ is sending us out to spread a a, a message that is of, of value and of worth and so we need to make a serious attempt To achieve that task that Christ has given us in the best possible way. Well may the Lord help us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And may the Lord help my family as we seek to do that in Senegal.